Hello, and welcome to our very first uh, Lenten Sermon Series podcast. Um, if you found this, we are this is the third week in the sermon series that I've been preaching. And so we'll begin with the reading from 1 Corinthians, and then we'll just go right into the sermon. A reading from 1 Corinthians. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is there the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided, through the foolishness of our own proclamation, to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. The church is changing. We hear that a lot these days, and usually it's a story of decline. We just have fewer people in the pews. It is sometimes very hard to see victory in the church. But the story of decline is incomplete. There is victory in the church. The Holy Spirit is still moving in the church, and especially in our congregation. Lives are continuing to be transformed, because that's what God does. And God doesn't stop doing it just because there are fewer people in the pews. This Lenten sermon series is entitled The Victory of Faith, and it focuses on the aspects of faith that bring victory to us all as believers. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and redeemer. Amen. May 25th, 2003 was a very bright, sunny day. And on that day, I received my diploma, or rather, my diploma cover, from Luther Seminary. This diploma marked the ending of my scholarly career and the beginning of something new. What had started out as a simple conversation between Heather and myself all oh, those many long years ago had now culminated to achieving my goal. I had received a master's degree. When Jesus was on earth, he planted a symbol to signify the accomplishment of his goal. That symbol is the cross. The goal had been established from the foundation of the world, that God would love the world no matter what it took. It was on a place called the Skull during the Roman occupation of Palestine. That goal was achieved in the most dramatic of ways. The cross is a sign that the journey has ended. The destination has been achieved and the work is accomplished. It is finished, Jesus said from the cross. The word of God is the word from the cross. This is not new to us. We know this. We understand this. After all, we all have our own crosses to bear. There are diseases and illness that still stalk us, seeking to nail us to our own crosses of pain and fear. 
There are relationships in our lives that, though they are important to us, die because of our own ineptitude at really caring for one another. We have our hopes and dreams that we go to sleep with at night, but they never awaken with the new day. We may desire to live on high ground and under sunny skies, but we cannot avoid walking through the valley of shadows. It is not bright and cheerful to talk about the crosses that we bear in our lives. It is much more comfortable talking about commonplace sorts of things, like that warm the heart, like holding a newborn, or getting out to cut the lawn for the first time in spring, or planting bulbs that will soon be flowers, celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, visiting with friends, or hearing children laugh. But the word of the cross? No, that we'd rather not hear. Yet, we cannot avoid it, nor can we avoid the figure of Jesus. In the middle of our cross-strewn lives, he comes, carrying his own cross and being hung on it. And this is a thought that haunts us. We cannot sidestep what Jesus has done. It was he who intended only good for all, and he let the very worst happen to himself. Yet even when all these horrors were thrust upon him, he trusted in his heavenly Father to make something good out of this horror. Even on that night when he was all alone in the garden, he prayed, Not my will, O Lord, but yours be done. Can this really be how we find God to be present in our world? It just doesn't seem likely. On the cross so many years ago, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And those are haunting words from the cross that echo deep feelings in our own hearts when we too have felt forsaken. What is it about the word of the cross that keeps reverberating through time? Cross bearers like us, when we hear this word of the cross, our ears perk up and we are attentive. But why is that? Perhaps we should think about the oyster. On its own, it's cold, slimy, and frankly, it's an ugly little creature. Lying there on the ocean floor, sometimes it gets subject to intrusion of a grain of sand. An irritation, really, in the seemingly complacent life of the oyster. By not ignoring the painful intrusion or waiting for it to just go away, the oyster surrounds the intrusion with its own secretions, paying special attention to this, to this intrusion, and thus creating a pearl, a treasure of beauty and worth. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had in order to buy it. Now imagine a grain of sand becoming so important. So it should be with the cross. The cross really should become so important and be a treasure of beauty and worth. Despite its ugly appearance and the, the very nature of intruding upon our lives as we would like them, could there be a pearl of great worth that would warrant selling all that we own and investing in it. The word of the cross 
is the pearl of God, the very power of God. For the center of every one of the crosses that we bear in life is the cross of Jesus. Jesus, who is the bringer of God's love into the world, died on the cross. God used that apparent defeat to demonstrate his very power over life and death and all the forces of evil. Hidden in weakness, Jesus being nailed to the cross, and then in the moment of his own of this own world's seemingly victory, God brings us to himself. There he is dealt with dealt death low to sin, and brought its power over us to an end. Because of that one singular cross upon which Christ died once for all, the power of God is at hand to help everyone bear their own crosses. That pearl of infinite worth can belong to anyone by faith. Faith finds the power of God in the word of the cross. The power of God is the word of the cross. God took what was foolish and weak in this world and made it a standard of strength for all who believe. When life takes a clammy, cold, and ugly appearance, do not forget that the oyster, how it was, and how to look for the treasure inside. When life brings you crosses to bear, do not forget the cross of Christ. It is the power of God to lead you through suffering with patience, character, and hope, which will not disappoint you. If we want, we can learn about ourselves. We truly can see other people and we can grow in faith, hope, and love. If we pay attention to our crosses and learn to find the treasure in the midst of it all, the treasure for the Christian is the love of God in Christ Jesus, who is with us, hidden in the shape of the cross, and helps us to grow into real, wide eyes open, caring, loving, thankful human beings. Listen to just how Martin Luther explains this in his own words. God will continue to let his people become powerless and to be brought low until everyone supposes their end is near. Yet in these very things he is present with them with all his power. He hides himself in the cross with those who suffer. Only faith can see this. Here is the fullness of God's power and his outstretched arm. For where man's strength ends, God's strength begins. When the suffering comes to an end, it will be apparent what great strength was hidden underneath the weakness. In the same way, Christ was powerless on the cross. Yet there he performed his mightiest work. He defeated and conquered sin, death, the world, hell, devil, and all evil just for you. Wow. Dear friends, as you bear your cross on life's journey, hear the word of the cross. Take heart and be of good courage. See Jesus. Believe in Jesus. For it was he who bore his cross for all of us, for the forgiveness of sin and for the life everlasting.
the word of the cross is the power of God, and the power of God is the word of the cross. And it is on this which God has brought you life abundant and life eternal. Now this is a victory of the faith. Amen.